got a great discussion ahead about disrupting the C-suite for more diversity, and I would underline this point, and better ideas. Um, diversity has come up so much over the duration of this conference and this event, which we're very pleased about, and then hopefully today our discussion with the smaller group, we would love to hear from you if there's any questions. If there's something that you heard about uh, throughout the event that we would benefit from expanding upon, please by all means. Um, this is a smaller group and also a smaller panel, so we would love to make the most of that. Uh, we have some questions prepared that we're going to dive into, but before we do so, I'm going to ask uh, David and Ash to introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about where they come from, the perspective they bring to this topic, and, and share some context for their remarks today. So David, I'll turn to you first. Thank you, Molly. <clears throat> good morning. It's good to be here. Good to see everybody. You guys should move closer. You feel so <laughs> far away. It's a big room, uh, but it's a pleasure to be here. So David Jones, I have been Chief HR Officer for various organizations for the past 30 years, uh, mostly in healthcare, but also outside of healthcare. I was actually Chief HR Officer for Blue Cross Blue Shield here in uh, Chicago some years ago, but most recently was Stanford Healthcare as CHRO. And in that role, I actually started our diversity and inclusion program, hired our first Chief Diversity Officer, and really laid the groundwork for our first Chief Diversity Officer program, uh, strategy, and our priorities. And so. Uh, in that work, I've been able to really see that evolve, really help lead our organization, our leadership team, to move that work forward. I left Stanford in February to start a new venture with Malin Hughes, an executive search firm, uh, to build a human capital strategy practice and to work with leaders, board CEOs to give advisory service in areas like diversity inclusion, talent strategy, workforce strategy, employee engagement, and HR transformation. Thanks for being with us, David. And Dr. Ash Gull? Yes, hi, good morning, and uh, um, it's a pleasure to be here. You know, I know it's a small group and it's a Thursday. Uh, we uh, are very fortunate to have the opportunity to not only talk about this with the group present here, but I think uh, fundamentally why I do what I do is so much informed by my own journey throughout my life, right? I started uh, my career as a physician in New Delhi in India back in the 1990s. I practiced in three different continents and medicine not only is different where it is practiced, but also medicine has changed so much and healthcare delivery has changed so much in the last 30 plus years that I have been part of it. Now I'm here to learn from people like David. I'm here to understand the value of change and how we can help shift the needle. We've been trying to do this and we haven't made significant progress in this area. And I talk about better ideas, new ideas, because we all know we need them. Because if we don't have new ideas, I don't think the healthcare in U.S. is in the state that we can say, oh, it's all good, we have solved our world problems, right? In my current role, I work as the Chief Information Officer for Health System in Michigan. I've been in healthcare technology world for about 15 years, uh, healthcare leadership for about 20, and I still practice medicine, enjoy what I do, but mostly what I enjoy is about helping younger generations get closer to their goals of becoming the new leaders 
and in that, how they can bring new ideas to the table. Back to you, Molly. Thanks, Dr. Gall. Well, let's start here. I think when we talk about disrupting the C-suite for more diversity and better ideas, that's clearly an aim. We've heard so much through this event, the calls for new ideas, disrupting the status quo, thinking differently. And I would love to start by asking each of you to recall an instance or share a story where a colleague's diverse perspective really strengthened an idea to make it better. David, can I turn to you here? Sure, thank you, Molly. Um, well, I, I think of um, a time at Stanford when we were trying to put in place our vaccination program. And as we were looking at our vast organization and the desire to have as many people vaccinated as possible, actually 100% was our goal. Uh, we looked at the numbers and we saw a lot of disparity as far as the vaccination rates were concerned. And in fact, we had significant gaps among our uh, employees of color. Uh, because of vaccine hesitancy, their vaccination rates were really low. And so one of our colleagues, one of my colleagues, uh, Dr. Megan Mahoney, who's a, a black physician, actually stepped up and really began to compel our leadership team to engage with those communities and to really understand what's at the root of their hesitancy. And in her work, she actually designed a survey, really helped us draw information in a quantitative fashion and to really understand uh, the source of the hesitancy and to find out what would influence a person's decision to be vaccinated. Why were they hesitant? What was that based on? And uh, what information, what sources, what methodologies, what modalities would influence their decision in becoming vaccinated. And so I worked with her to then co-lead a vaccine hesitancy program. We targeted some of those various groups, made sure the information was available in their language. They wanted to hear things in their language from uh, experts, from scientists, from physicians, from other uh, practitioners. Uh, they wanted to have someone really speak to uh, the issues within their communities and some of the history around uh, how different populations were treated and uh, drug experimentation and things of that nature. And in fact, uh, we also use videos. Uh, my wife and I actually participated in a video where we told our story about our decision to be vaccinated. Because when I first told my wife that we were going to be doing this vaccination program, and she said, well, I'm not getting vaccinated and neither are you. And I said, well, wait a second, you know, I'm the chief HR officer and I'm in charge of the program. I've got to get vaccinated. And, and so it took us about three months to work through that decision making because she had experience with one of her brothers who was in the military who they thought had been involved in some drug experimentation and then other stories that she knew about. And so those were the sort of things we unearthed to be able to really help tell people the story about how we move forward in that journey. And so through that vaccine hesitancy program, we were able to get that information to people. Uh, we met with folks one-on-one, -on -one. we did town halls, videos, printed material, whatever it took to really help people uh, get the information they needed in the way that they would respond to. And in fact, by the end of the program, our vaccination rates were at 98%, and the other 2% of people applied for and received either a medical or a religious accommodation. And so it was very, very successful. And there's been so much bodies of our articles and research about vaccine hesitancy, but firsthand, did anything surprise you from that program or from those town halls and conversations? Well, um, again,